And now, presenting the Star of the Show podcast with your host, Delaney Swift. Welcome back, riders. How was your ride? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Star of the Show podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Swift, and welcome back to another episode. This is either going to be a bonus episode or just a regular solo episode, depending on my episode schedule and moving a few things around. But I really wanted to record this episode. And as you can tell by the title of this episode, this is 28 lessons that I've learned in 28 years of life on this earth. I recently celebrated my 28th birthday, aka yesterday. Today is Sunday, June 11th. And yesterday was Saturday, June 10th, the best day of the whole year. (laughs) Just kidding, only slightly. But my birthday was yesterday, my 28th birthday, and I wanted to write down some things, some lessons that I've learned to share with you guys. Even though I know sometimes when I see these, I feel like they're so cheesy and very cliche and tell you a lot of things that you already know. And I wanted to make these things that like, not just everyone could think of. So hopefully this is valuable for everyone listening. And honestly, it was just nice to reflect on like things that I really hold true or things that I've really genuinely learned. And when I say lessons I've learned in 28 years of life, I feel like these lessons are things I've learned in my 20s. But let's just be honest, 28 lessons in 28 years sounds a heck of a lot better. I had a blast yesterday celebrating. To be honest with you, I don't feel like it was my birthday. I didn't feel like it was my birthday yesterday. It just felt like any other day, which I'm sure a lot of other people can share that sentiment, but I don't know. It just feels like time goes so fast these days that it just doesn't feel like things are happening. Like we're in warp speed, I feel like sometimes, but Anyways, it was a nice day celebrating. I had a couple of people over to um, my house, our house, to the pool, and we had like a little tablescape that we made. So my friend Bridget and I, she came over and we went to the store. We got meat and cheese and like spreads and things like that, crackers, and we made a little charcuterie tray, and then we did like Um, tomato and burrata and like mozzarella basil that kind of stuff and then we got a cake made at literally Winn-Dixie of all places but we got it to say June baby with like it had these blue flowers on it it was actually really cute and I feel like last year I bought a cake for myself and it was like 50 or 60 bucks and no one barely ate it and this year I got a $13.99 cake from Winn-Dixie and it did the trick and I loved it but I went to TJ Maxx the other day and I got this like really pretty lemon tablecloth it kind of looked like something from Italy and I got some um, placemats and we and Bridget got me these beautiful champagne glasses that are like tinted orange I don't even know how to describe them but I'll have pictures on my Instagram so you should go stock that but we made 
this just like beautiful little table with our fruits and our meats and we put my cake out there and took pictures and we made a limoncello spritz with homemade or not homemade with limoncello I guess it probably is homemade that my friend Carliana brought me back from Italy and then we made Aperol spritzes and it was really chill at the pool I loved that because it wasn't like super overwhelming then some of our friends came over later in the day we played some games in the pool which was fun and relaxing and then at night there was 10 of us that went to dinner which was a big group but it was like a bunch of friends and their significant others we had dinner at this mediterranean place called baba and we did like a family style meal where like basically when you have people over a certain party size so i think it's like over 10 people you have to get the family style menu so they bring you like everything on the family style menu it was a lot of food and we took home lots of leftovers the waitress actually spilled wine on me like a whole wine glass it was so funny there's pictures on social media i'll post those as well but it was just a good time then we went to the 70s bar and we danced for a little bit and that was it and today the 11th, Sunday the 11th, I've really just been relaxing all day long. And that is unusual for me. I don't usually let myself just rest and do nothing. And I've been watching Real Housewives of OC. And then I've been watching Sex in the City. That's something that I've been like binging a lot recently. I think I'm on like the second or third season, but it has been a treat. Let me tell you, I have never seen it all the way through. And watching it, I feel like I'm instantly transported like back to the 90s or just back to my childhood and I feel happy watching it. It's my comfort show currently. And that's really all I've been doing today. Daniel and I just went for a walk with Zoe and it's been really chill. Cleaned up the house a little bit. Now I'm recording this and I'm probably going to kind of relax the rest of the day. Daniel's going out of town for work this week and then my mom and grandma are coming on Friday to celebrate my birthday and it will just be so fun to have my both my mom and my grandma in town I actually am so so excited to just have a little girls weekend with them and they're just my best friends so I'm really excited but I am blabbering now so if you did not give a shit about any of this I'm sorry but there you have it if you're inspired to like do a little tablescape for your birthday Or if you're in St. Pete and you are looking for a restaurant recommendation, go to Baba. It's hella cute and the vibes are immaculate. I don't think I've said hella since middle school, but let's get into the episode. This is 28 lessons that I've learned in 28 years of life. Okay, the first thing I wrote down was the point of living is to be yourself, not to be just like everyone else. And I wrote down, your legacy will be made by being you. And what I meant by this is literally the reason that you are here is to be yourself, to be you. You were not brought into this world to be a carbon copy of everyone else. The point of the human experience literally is to be exactly who you are because by being who you are, you like change the world. And I know that sounds kind of like out there, What I mean is, if I'm trying to be exactly like someone else, how the hell can I make a difference in my own life or affect people positively if I'm not just being who I am? Because when you're being who you are, then it inspires other people to be who they are. It, like, gives the world different, like, different 
people. It gives the world like different culture almost. You know what I mean? It's kind of like there has to be different people, different personalities, different attributes about people. Otherwise, that life is not fun. I want to meet people who are different than me, that have different interests, different perspectives, because that's what makes life fun and that's what makes life interesting. And so by being uniquely you, that is how you inspire other people. And there's probably going to be things that you don't like about yourself, but you have to just remember that your legacy when you when when you die someday, to be frank, like people aren't going to remember you for anything else except for like what made you special, what made you you. So think about the things that like you feel people love you for and capitalize on those things that you love about yourself that other people love you for because that's what people are going to remember about you. They're not going to remember that you wore the exact same outfit as a certain celebrity or, you know, you did something because you thought you had to because all everyone else was doing it. No. Your legacy will be made by doing exactly what makes you you. So remember that. Number two is life is precious, so tell people how you feel about them. This one is pretty, you know, cliche, but coming from someone who has lost a lot of people in their life, tell people how much you care about them. Tell people how much you love them. If you think something nice about someone, say it. This isn't always easy for me to do, but I think that when I'm in a really great mood, it's really easy for me to express how I feel. You know, that's not always the case, but it's simple. Just if you really feel good about someone, you love something about someone, say it. Number three is being in a relationship where you feel you can't express yourself isn't worth it. Then I wrote, you should be able to express all of your emotions freely and feel that you can be yourself. So what I mean by this is I've been in relationships where, you know, good, bad, whatever they were, I didn't feel like I could totally be myself or express my emotions without negatively affecting the other person. And of course, you're going to hurt people's feelings. You're going to piss people off. You're going to annoy people. It's inevitable. When you live with someone, especially like you're not going to go 365 days a year, just being completely happy with the person and never getting annoyed with them. And there's going to be things about you that annoy the other person too. So for example, I feel like in previous relationships, I have seen myself and I've seen other people that I know and love not be themselves and not feel like they can fully express their set themselves or their emotions. And that is not worth it because you have got to let yourself fully feel whatever's coming up and express that without feeling like you have to like guard yourself. Now, of course, don't go around pissing people off on purpose and saying whatever you feel like without, you know, thinking about the consequences. But for example, there's times when I've been really pissed off or annoyed and I've acted irrationally by like saying something I don't mean or just kind of being a brat, like just kind of like being a brat, right? Not necessarily being mean or rude, but definitely like just being a brat, honestly. And in my current relationship, Daniel, I just feel like he doesn't take things seriously or personally like that. Like he just kind of laughs it off and realizes like that's just me being in a bad mood. And in like two minutes, I'm literally fine. I apologize or, you know, whatever. We just brush it off. But 
there are times when, for example, I or other people I know or whatever it is, it's, I don't think it's healthy to hold in every single thing that you feel and feel like you can never overreact, feel like you can never say what you, what's on your mind, feel like you can never express yourself. Again, don't go around being immature and if you're constantly reacting to something negatively that's not, that's a pattern, then maybe you need to work on yourself, right? But there's going to be times when you're just feeling in a bad mood for no reason and your partner says something that sets you off and you're going to react. And you know that that's not the best way to do it, but you realize that in the moment. But you just have to feel like you can say how you truly feel when something pisses you off, when something's annoying you, when you're hurt by something, when, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a a good example right now, but like, you know, if your partner leaves a dish in the sink and they told you they're going to clean the dishes up a day ago, you're like, ugh, seriously, you didn't clean up the dishes? Like, yeah, that's not maybe like the best reaction to have to every single thing they do. But when you're having those raw emotions, that's just a human being acting like a human being and feeling like you can't have human being reactions and you have to watch everything you say and guard all of your emotions and never overreact, never tell anyone how you truly feel, then that I don't think is worth it because that is going to be so pent up and it's going to build and build and build. And then you're just going to build resentment and it's, it's not healthy for anyone. There's been times where I have just felt like I could never say what was truly on my mind. Or if someone did something that really hurt me, I felt like I wasn't justified in bringing it up because they were going to get mad at me or gaslight me or tell me I was wrong. And then conversely, there's also been times where I felt like, you know, I was the person who maybe had less stake in the game of a relationship and the other person had more feelings than I did. And I was worried that every single thing I said was going to hurt them or piss them off or make their, you know, feelings hurt. And that also, I feel like is really unpredictable. It's like, you know, you need to have comfort in that your partner is going to hold your emotions and your feelings in a valid way. I feel like I'm rambling on this topic. I'm hoping this makes sense. Again, this is a lazy Sunday for me. So yeah, I am maybe a little half brain dead. (laughs) Okay, number four is quality over quantity is the best way to approach friendships. This is something that I did not learn until I was like 25 or 26. Like people would always say, Delaney, you have so many friends. Like, how do you have so many friends? And, you know, I moved around to different states. And then obviously I went to college. I joined a sorority. I had good friends from home. I'm very lucky in that way. I do actually genuinely feel like I have a lot of good friends and good people in my life. And for that reason, I'm incredibly thankful. But there have been times when I've just like held on to friendships that are no longer really fitting into my life or just feel like I need to keep up with every single person, every single friend all the time. And that's just not realistic. And as you get older, you realize the people that are actually going to have, are actually you're actually going to have in your life forever. And I could tell you those people right now. And, you know, there's people that I meet that I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're a great friend. I like you, but I don't know if you'll be in my my life forever you can just kind of tell when you meet someone and you connect with someone like this is a good friendship that I actually want to have in my life because of you know the quality of that friendship so think about how people treat you because life's too short to have people in your life that don't have your best interest at heart 
The next is number five. Your boundaries don't have to feel so boundary-ish. They can be a lead by example approach. So here's an example. You could say, I don't really do much on the weekdays because I'm working on XYZ and I like to wake up early and work out. And I think that gets the message across, like, don't ask me to hang out on the weekdays, right? I'm not going to go out and go to happy hour every single week, like day of the week. I'm not going to go get dinner with you every day of the week. I'm not going to go like do things that set me back in my routine or in like the things that are important to me. So when I first heard of like the term boundary or that I needed to start setting boundaries, I had never heard of a boundary before. I don't think I ever set one in my life. I didn't know what the fuck to do, quite frankly. But now I feel like they don't have to feel so boundary-ish. Like it doesn't have to feel like a rule or something that's like set in stone or so set in place. It can be, this is just my lifestyle. This is how I live. And you don't have to like that. Daniel and I aren't people that stay out past like 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. And I think sometimes people like if we're trying to like leave or go home right away, it can piss people off or just they don't get the idea of like why we want to, I don't know, just all of a sudden leave. Like it's just we don't like staying out late. We don't like going out late. It's just not our style. We want to feel good the next day. I, you know, I want to feel good the next day. I want to be able to get things done. Now there's a time and place for like staying out late, but my, my point is you can set the boundary of just like, yeah, this is, we don't typically do this. We don't really drink that much without being like in this friendship or in this relationship, I am only going to stay out until this like time. You know, it doesn't have to look like a rule that you're setting in a friendship. It can just be a lead by example. Like this is how I live my life type of thing. Number six. Anxiety will get worse by trying to avoid it. You have to face your fears. So again, you have to face your fears. That can kind of sound cliche, but this is kind of a lesson that I've learned in therapy. Now, obviously I know you have to face your fears, but I was making my anxiety worse by constantly trying to not feel anxiety. So I... No, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but this year I've learned that I have OCD and I've always had anxiety, but I think I've had OCD from a very young age. For example, you know, there's things that I've done that are very like te- textbook OCD that I've done that happened in childhood. And I don't feel like I have, or I know I don't have the type of OCD that's like cleaning and like, you know, crazy about germs and like organizing things a certain way that you might think about in when you think about someone with OCD, but it can come in like many different forms. So for example, you know, anything that has a, like a ritual to it in order to like avoid anxiety or a, a thought that pops up is, can be considered OCD. Now I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychiatrist, but this is how I've come to understand it through being in therapy. So for example, when I was little, I would feel like I had to pray a certain way or like my whole family was going to die. And if I screwed up the prayer, then I would have to start all over again. And it would just be like a never ending cycle. And then I would also, before I would go to sleep, I would make my mom hold my heart at night because I was so afraid that I was going to die in the middle of the night. And I like wanted to make sure that like my heart was still beating and like had certain amount of beats or whatever it was. And like now 
I'll stand in the grocery store aisle and I will literally take so long, like literally 15 minutes to pick an almond butter because I'm trying to figure out like the right price, the right like ingredients, the right like price per ounce or whatever it is, like per measurement. And I'll go back and forth, like little things like that. And then there's also just like situations in my life where if the situation isn't just right, then I will feel like so out of control and it will cause me to ritualize. So for example, when I was going home for Thanksgiving, I literally looked for weeks every single night at night. I would be on my phone overanalyzing each flight, calculating in my head how much each flight would cost, when I would get into certain places, how I would have to drive from Cleveland to Cincinnati and how I would like rent a car and just like going over these scenarios in my head over and over and over and over and over again every night for like two or three weeks and it would stress me out to no end and then I would just stress myself out even more because the prices would go up and just those are little details and like examples but the more that I started to face fears and just like actually go towards what was giving me anxiety the more that it started to go away and I'm still working on it it's like a everyday practice but the more that I actually go towards whatever I'm afraid of, then it like alleviates the way that I'm feeling and how I act or feel whenever future situations come up like that. So for example, I used to always get really anxious about like overbooking my schedule. I still do. So I would like avoid responding to people about plans because I was just like terrified of making plans and like not wanting to do the plans and whatever it was. And then I would com- just completely avoid my phone, uh, just avoid my phone, never respond to anybody. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to overbook or I'm going to book something that I don't even know if I'll ever go to and I'm going to pay for the ticket anyways. And I'm going to figure out the rest later. And by just doing these things and putting myself in these situations, like these uncomfortable situations, it has made me feel a whole lot more confident and comfortable in uncertain situations. And honestly, things arise almost daily that put me outside of my comfort zone because of my OCD. But if you just go towards, like think about when anxiety comes up, what situation gives me more anxiety? Okay, I'm going to do this because then that will help me get over it a lot easier and realize like the whole world's not going to blow up essentially. All right, I got to roll through these faster because I'm taking forever to explain each one. But Number seven is therapy is for everyone. It's helpful even if you don't think you have a problem. I feel like I hear people all the time talking about how they don't need to go to therapy or like there's nothing going on in their life. I think therapy is for everyone, point blank. Everyone could benefit from it. Number eight, people are going to talk about you no matter what you do, so you might as well do whatever you want. And then I wrote, would you rather them talk about you for doing something that isn't true to yourself or feel untouchable because you know you're doing what makes you happy? So, Basically, this is another thing that I've learned in therapy too, is like maybe everyone is talking about you. Maybe everyone is saying mean things about you. Maybe everyone does hate you. Maybe everyone thinks you're a loser, thinks you're unlovable, thinks you're embarrassing, thinks you're a joke. Like maybe all of these terrible things that you tell yourself in your head are actually true. Maybe all these people actually think that. They probably don't, but like, just tell yourself, maybe they do. Maybe they do talk about me behind my back constantly, but maybe they don't. Okay, that's fine. But it is inevitable. We are humans, whether we like it or not, 
we talk about other people behind their back, even if it's not something nasty or mean or rude, we're going to talk about, oh, you know, that so-and-so's girlfriend is so nice. I really liked her. Do you think that they'll move in together soon? Like you'll, you'll say things like this. I don't know where I just came up with that example, but like you talk about the people behind their back, right? Even if it's not something that's mean or rude or negative, you still do. And other people do too. And maybe they don't have a bad thought about you when they're doing it, but it's inevitable. You're human. And that's a part of being freaking human. We strive off of connection to other people. So we're going to talk about other people and other relationships in our life. So why not just let it go and not care and just know it's inevitable that other people are going to talk about you no matter what the hell you do. So you might as well stop caring about it because you're making yourself miserable by trying to fit yourself into a mold or a box that other people want you to be in. And you're trying to avoid other people saying negative, bad things about you quote unquote bad, right? That you're just not living life true to who you are. So just stop that. Know that no matter what happens, no matter what you do in life, people are going to say things. So you might as well just do what makes you happy and then let them talk about you for that because it's a heck of a lot more fulfilling doing what you love and having people talk about you than doing what you don't love and having people talk about you. You know what I mean? Okay, moving on. It may not make sense in the moment, but you will look back and realize it all works out. That's number nine. That is true. Like you may feel like things are spiraling out of control. You have no idea why things are going on. You feel like there's no answers. Nothing's going to work out, but you look back and it does make sense and things work out and you realize in hindsight, it wasn't as scary and as like detrimental or, you know, life altering as you thought it would be. Number 10, try and fail and try again. I halted myself for years because I felt like because I quote unquote failed at something, no matter what it was, that I wasn't worthy, that I couldn't like take the next step or do anything new because I was so worried about cleaning up the loose ends of whatever I had failed at or not finished instead of just moving on to the next thing and trying and trying and trying and trying again. That is the point of life. You got to just figure out what works for you, what makes you happy, what lights you up, what's your thing. And you're not going to be able to ever get there or maybe we never get there. Like people say, we're never going to maybe feel like fulfilled or we've gotten to this you know, point in life where everything is figured out. But if you don't try things, you will never know think about it. Like maybe I have this unlocked hobby that I won't try until I'm 50, but then I will be so like insanely happy that I've done that because now I have this newfound love. And isn't that the joy of life that you get to try things and we have all this life to live to try things and fail at things and be bad at things. And if you were just good at every single thing that you ever did, then where is the fun in that? Okay, number 11, you can take in all the information and knowledge, but without acting on it, what good is it? So this goes along with number 10, try and fail and fail again, because for years I would say, okay, I'm, I'm just learning about this right now, or I'm taking this course, or I'm, 
you know, reading this book or I'm ingesting all the knowledge. And once I have all this knowledge or once I've done the work on myself, then I will be able to start X. That's not how it works. You have got to act on things and be okay and comfortable with failing and not being amazing at everything and looking like an idiot and falling flat on your face. I keep feeling like I have to burp because I drank a LaCroix before this. So I keep having to hold it in and it sounds like I'm crying, I feel like, but I'm not. I just had two sparkling waters today. So, but you've got to just be comfortable with not being an expert at everything and knowing that you're going to learn a heck of a lot more by trying things and actually experience, experiencing and experimenting with things than you are if you never freaking try it at all. Okay, number 12 is every relationship has problems, even the best ones. Don't let anyone on Instagram or social media or wherever fool you into thinking that any relationship is perfect and that they don't ever fight or have problems or issues or anything. I always tell this to my friends, but think about it like this. No matter who you live with, whether it's parents, friends, roommates, they are going to do things that piss you off. Your partner's bound to as well. I said this earlier, but like you can't just expect to live with someone every day of your life and never bother them or them never bother you. That's just unrealistic. They probably are going to do things that piss you off. Maybe they're going to forget to put the seat up when they go to the bathroom. Maybe they're going to leave their dirty laundry on the floor. Maybe they're going to say something that hurts your feelings when they're pissed off or in a bad mood or hungry. (laughs) But don't let anyone ever tell you or make you feel like their relationship is absolutely perfect and without flaws because even the best ones have problems, but it is the strength and the patience and the way that your partner reacts in times of tension that should tell you what you need to know about your relationship. I think it's how you handle conflict and how you handle those arguments that actually shows what the strength of your relationship truly is. Number 13, if you're getting upset about something small, there's usually something deeper and ask yourself questions until you figure it out. I actually talked about this on my friend Case Guy's podcast, which I'm not exactly sure when it's going live, but definitely listen to to that episode. Now, I think the key here is if you're getting upset about something that seems silly or small or insignificant and you don't know why you're upset or why you're bothered by it, you got to dig a little deeper and see what's actually pissing you off. So think about it like this. Here's an example. And this is something that my therapist taught me. So shout out to my therapist. Okay. I got my nails done on Friday, Thursday, whatever day it was. And I wasn't in love with them at the nail salon. I was also on my period. I was really hungry. I had been there for a long time. And I was getting antsy because I was thinking about all the other things I needed to do that day. And I was having less and less time as I sat there longer and longer. And I was like about to break out in tears. And when I left the nail salon, I felt like I could cry because I wasn't in love with my nails. And I'm like, this is so silly. I even made a TikTok about it. But like, I know other people can relate. So dig a little deeper in times like that. Okay, my nails aren't perfect. They're ugly. What does that say about me? People are going to judge me and not think that like, I look good. Okay, what does it mean if people think I'm ugly and I don't look good? What does anxiety tell me about this? What does it mean if I don't look good? 
and just keep asking yourself, like, what does it mean if this? What does anxiety tell me about this? So if you keep digging deeper and asking yourselves those questions over and over again, you'll probably get to the root of the issue. And for me, who's uh, someone who struggles with perfectionism and OCD, it was that I felt out of control of the situation. I felt like I wasn't going to be looked at as perfect. And that is something I really struggle with is just like wanting every single thing to be perfect all the time. Otherwise, I'm just straight up not going to have a good time which is completely unrealistic, but that is something that I struggle with. And so asking yourself these questions over and over again and like getting the root to the root of like, maybe I won't feel accepted. Maybe I won't feel loved. Maybe people won't like love me as much if everything isn't perfect about me. And if you just can be inquisitive with yourself, you can figure out what's actually going on and start to point out these things a lot easier and maybe get a little less upset from time to time. Number 14 is learn to surrender. So this is something else that I always tell my friends too. If you surrender, a lot of the times you'll find that the things that you are wanting or needing in life actually end up coming to you. Maybe not the way that you intended them, but A lot of times when you just let go and relinquish control, things start working out a hell of a lot easier. So for example, I really wanted this, I wanted the answer to what job offer should I take, right? I wanted to know exactly what company I had multiple offers on the table. I was so conflicted. There was pros and cons of each. I just did not know what to do. So I made pros and cons list. I talked to every single person about it. Like I literally had thought of of it over and over and over again in my head. And finally I was like, you know what? God, universe, whatever you believe in, I am surrendering. I'm choosing to believe that like I will find the answer and the answer will come to me. And I was like, you know what? Please make this very clear to me because I'm struggling. I'm going to give up. I'm going to stop over stop overthinking about it. But I need the the sign to be clear. I need to know clearly which company's offer I should take. And I kid you not, within the same week, I saw it in the book that I was reading, which had other symbolic things around it. But in this book that I was reading, I saw the exact name of the company. And then in that same week, my friend came to visit, we went to the beach, and I saw the name of the company at the beach, just spelled out. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is the sign. And I think at that point I had like either was about to take the job offer or had just taken it. So I knew like I got confirmation that that was the right decision. And maybe you don't believe in that, but you know, there's other things like, you know, in a relationship, maybe you've thought so much about wanting a relationship, wanting this specific type of person, wanting this you know specific type of relationship and just like having this needy energy towards it. Like, you know, going after every single guy that you've ever wanted or dated like way too intensely and then nothing ever works out. But then once you kind of give up control and become okay with yourself and just let go, then like the perfect relationship pops up. So once you can learn to like, you know, you've put in the work already, you've done the things that you need to do, or maybe you haven't, but do the work that you need to do towards whatever that outcome is. And then don't worry about the rest show up for yourself. It's kind of like manifesting, right? Like you got to do the work, but also just don't have this like attachment to it so much so that you push it away or you repel it. So I think the act of surrender is very, very powerful and not easy to do, I might add. 
Um, okay, number 15 is pivot. Kind of goes along with try and fail and try again. Just learn to pivot. Keep freaking pivoting. Pivot! That's a friend's reference. So if you didn't know that, go watch it. But plain and simple. 15, pivot. Number 16 is become your own best friend. This is something that I've had to do lately. I have not ever really been that nice to myself. Or rather, I should say I... I don't know. I am sometimes, but a lot of times I'm pretty mean to myself and unkind and hard on myself and say mean things to myself in my head. And I find that when I'm nicer to myself or give myself grace, things just go a lot smoother. And I think you really just need to learn to be your own best friend because you're the only person that you are living with 24 seven. You're inside of your own head 24 seven. And that is the only relationship you're going to have forever. So you better make it a good one. My therapist always tells me that I make things a lot harder on myself than I need to. And that is true. I'm sure a lot of us do this. Number 17, you could plan and prepare all you want and things could still go wrong. So, you know, I do this a lot. I feel like I'm constantly trying to control outcomes. This kind of goes along with surrendering, right? But You could plan so far ahead for something and feel like you have it all sorted and figured out and under control and something still goes wrong. So maybe just loosen the grip a little bit and learn to just enjoy whatever happens and know that you will figure it out. You will solve it. You've solved all your other problems in life up until now so you can do it again. Number 18, be intentionally present. My mom, I think, has been saying this a lot to me recently, and it is something that I think that I need to do more of, but oftentimes I get so stuck, and I think a lot of us do this, especially with social media, too. It's like we're on our phones, we're watching TV, we're doing, we're listening to something, but we forget to be in the moment. We're thinking about like what this other person is doing on social media, or we're thinking about the trip we're going to take, or you know, whatever life event we have coming up, and we're putting ourselves in different times we're thinking in the future we're thinking in the past but before you know it this moment is going to be gone so savor it now okay what's next number 19 romanticize your life this is cliche i'm realizing as i'm reading these are these cliche i don't know i also don't care but romanticize your life we've only got one life to live so you might as well freaking romanticize it yesterday was my perfect idea of a day on my birthday doing my little backyard party. That was my literal dream for like two years was just to have a backyard party. Now that we have a backyard, we can do it. I put out that tablecloth. I literally put on a playlist that's called Life Feels Like a Movie. And it had like, you know, Dean Martin and it had like slow jazz. It had Parent Trap type soundtrack. It had just feel good songs that made you feel like you were in Italy sipping a spritz or just in a scene of a movie and that was just divine and delightful so do little things like that as much as you possibly can to just truly savor the moment all right Delaney you gotta freaking speed it up here because you're talking a lot okay hence why I have a podcast as a platform am I right or am I right okay Number 20, lean into uncertainty and embrace discomfort. This is how you grow. This is my motto for the year. Embrace discomfort and lean into uncertainty. 
I feel like this is a repeat, but I'm telling you, you need to freaking write it down on a piece of paper. You need to put it on a post-it note, write it on your mirror, tell yourself it every day, lean in because life is boring if it's all predictable. Life is monotonous if you always know what's going to happen. So lean into what makes you feel like you're outside of your comfort zone and puts you in a position you haven't been in before because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. That's how you truly savor what's amazing about life and having new experiences and putting yourself in new situations. And you also gain confidence by putting yourself outside your comfort zone regularly. Okay. Number 21, make the best out of your current circumstances. So find a way to truly love and soak up every single thing about what you have going on currently, because you're not going to have it again forever. That doesn't make sense. You're not going to have it forever. You're not going to have it in a year. You're not going to have it in two years. This moment is here now. So see how you can truly just like love everything about what's going on currently. A lot of us spend our time wishing for a life that is made up in our heads of like this dream world, dream reality that isn't our current reality. But if we get there and we just spend our whole life hating where we are right now and we finally get there to the point in life where like we feel like we've made it, but it doesn't actually feel like we've made it because we spent our whole entire life just like hating everything about our current circumstances, you're probably going to feel like when you get there that it doesn't actually feel like it should because you spent so much time being miserable and shitting on your current life circumstances. So, and you probably will miss it. You'll be like, oh shoot, this doesn't feel comfortable. This doesn't feel like my life used to be. So savor it. Okay. Next one. Number 22, focus on what you can control. In situations where you feel like you're out of control, you don't know what the hell is going on. Think about what aspects of the current situation you actually can control. The way that you react, what you do in that situation, how you handle your emotions. So for example, say like if I'm staying at my parents, right? I'm staying at my mom's house. Maybe I'm feeling antsy and I'm feeling like I'm out of control. I don't have my car. I don't have my regular routine. What can you do that makes you feel in control? I could go for a walk. I could journal. I could go and have alone time. I could go meditate. I could ask my mom if she needs help in the kitchen. I could, you know, make myself a drink or sit down and watch TV or watch my show alone for a while or call a friend, you know, go to the gym. There's so many things that you can control when you feel like you're out of control and focus on those things because just focusing on those minuscule little things that you actually have within you to control will make you feel a lot better in that moment. Okay, the next one, number 23, the worst case scenario is often not as bad as what you're imagining in your head. That is plain and simple. Number 24, when you're comparing yourself, ask yourself, would I be willing to trade everything I have currently with this person? I think about this a lot because sometimes I'll find myself envying someone's clothes or where they live or whatever it is. And I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't want to have their family. I wouldn't want to have their relationship. I wouldn't want to have their, you know, financial issues. I wouldn't want to have all these maybe little things. So why am I feeling this hung up about this particular thing that they have that I don't? And would you truly be willing to trade your whole entire life just to have this thing? And the answer oftentimes is no. Okay. Number 25, 
you're never going to feel like you have it all figured out. And that's that on that. We've been saying this multiple times throughout this episode, but you just might not feel ever like you totally have it all figured out. And I don't think that like having it figured out is an end goal. Like currently, I feel like there are things that I want to figure out about my life, about about myself, but I don't think that I'll ever feel like, okay, I've hit 50 or I've hit 80 or whatever, and now it all makes sense. You know, maybe as we get a lot older, we'll realize that we did all of this worrying for nothing and it really does all make sense, but I really don't think that just because you hit a certain age or you've hit a certain milestone that suddenly everything just feels like it's fallen into place. People when they're 50 have problems. People when they're 40 or 20, 10, 80, whatever it is, everyone has problems, has things they're struggling with or challenged with. Just because you grow up or you hit this certain milestone or you've made it, quote unquote, doesn't mean that you're devoid of problems. So remember that. Next is 26. The problems you have now won't last forever. You have You'll have all different... Okay, this is literally just what I just said, so that's hysterical. But you'll have different problems when you're 50, so you might as well find ways to be happy. It's the truth. You best just find ways to be happy with what's currently going on because no matter what, your life is never going to be completely free of problems or challenges. So savor those little happy moments in between and you'll be just fine. Number 27, it is not good or bad, it just is. Stop judging yourself or labeling yourself or judging other people or labeling other people or judging things that you've done as good or bad or, you know, any way that you choose to describe things that you've done or other people have done, don't label them. Maybe it's not bad. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it just is. You know, for example, then at the nail salon, maybe my nails aren't good or bad. They just are. That's a very small example, but it's the first thing I could think of. Maybe you didn't make a mistake. Maybe that's not a bad mistake. Maybe it's not good. It just is. It's just what it is and let it be that way. And I think that when you can start to just tell yourself this isn't one way or the other, it just is, you can free yourself from a lot of self-judgment and live a lot more of like a free life. You don't have to be chained in by like, oh, you're, you know, that was a bad decision. That was a bad move. You shouldn't have done that. No, it wasn't bad or good. It just is. And let it be that way. And maybe that's okay. You learned a lesson and that's fine. And the last one, number 28 Trust your gut in the moment, be true to you, and don't second guess, and then watch it play out. If something feels like a good choice in the moment, and here I am labeling things as good, if something feels right in the moment, then choose that. Go with that. Go towards that. And maybe you'll look back and be like, maybe that I shouldn't have chose that. Maybe that, maybe that wasn't what I wanted. But at least I know now. At least I tried it. At least I played around with it. Stop agonizing over little things and taking so long to make decisions. 
because you're only putting yourself in more misery. Just go with your gut, go with what feels right to you and watch how it plays out. And if it wasn't the decision that maybe you should have made or you don't feel like it all worked out, then that's okay. You know, you learned a lesson and you can move on. And that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please, please rate and review the podcast on Apple, on Spotify. It really, really helps, especially at the beginning, but always because then it helps me make more episodes. It helps me get seen and it helps these episodes be brought to more people like you. So if you could please share this with a friend or screenshot it and put it on your story, whatever you feel called to do really, really helps. But I would be so grateful if you left a rating and a review. I also just feel like I have to say this because I am in my office recording and Daniel's in the other room playing video games. So if you heard any video game terminology or heard him screaming any curse words, just know that no one was getting attacked. It was my boyfriend playing video games in the background. I'm starting to recognize the vocabulary. It's like, white, white, knocked, he's knocked. I still don't understand what it means. But I just feel like I should say that if you feel like anyone is screaming in the background, that's just my lovely 28-year-old boyfriend. But honestly, power to him because when he plays video games and I can watch my reality TV shows or do whatever it is that I need to do in my alone time. So gotta love him. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode and I'll see you next time on the Star of the Show podcast. 